millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode 429 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. Hang on, fellas. Feels like I just saw you yesterday, Glennie. Well, you fucking did. Yeah. Hey, don't fuck, don't you take that tone with me. You had a great fucking time and we got along. Okay. We got along and there wasn't a crossword fucking spoke between us. Was, did you actually see him? Or did you see an empty fucking hollow husk of a man trying no, Nathan, to claim Nathan's not a hollow husk of a man. He was there to watch his team and enjoy himself. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Why so are you going to be like that? And so were you, no. Glenn, and you, and you did. I did. Got to, got to watch the Mighty West Tigers uh, take out the illegitimate Joy Trophy for 2021 <laughs> with a with an aggregate scoreline of 42 points to 36, and uh, it was a, it was a beautifully beautifully done. Uh, yeah, and, and you love to see a tight home and away tournament <laughs> across the season, unlike the unlike the fucking. I like the the, the, the outdoor Trent Barrett Cup, Trent Barrett Cup, which turned out to be like 102 to fucking 18 or something <laughs> on aggregate. But uh, oh, well, we may as well, we may as well talk about. It. I love the afternoon. I'll tell you, that's the second time. That's the first time I've been to watch rugby league at Redcliffe. Um, second time I've been there. Um, overall, and look, they need to up the capacity on that stadium. But otherwise, everything else is just it's like fucking great. Yeah. Leeds awesome Club place. is good. I think it has a potential if they get in. And um, this is going to sound like a massive statement, but there is a potential there, given the Leagues Club and the, the Leagues Club's proximity, um, with not a massive injection of cash by in this whole scheme of things, for them to be pretty quickly like a, a mini Penrith. Not on the same scale as Panthers, but that club, it's well done. Yeah, and and the proximity to the ground and the way you know the the viewing area on that deck those those couple of decks yeah the pro- the proximity is. to the ground you can you can catch a conversion you can from the fucking beer garden <laughs> not that many people did <laughs> although because... we didn't see any catches actually successfully made <laughs> no, in the afternoon no. people were more likely to catch it with their fucking face yeah. <laughs> here's an interesting thing I wonder because I've never actually had a deep dive into it like every club gets the same amount of money from the NRL for its Salary cap, you know, yep. and and operations. Right? Yep. Do the NRL take ticket revenue and then bleed it down? Do they take a whack of ticket revenue, or does all of that go to the club? Excellent question. Yeah, that part. Of, well, I mean, there's obviously a certain amount of that ticket revenue goes towards uh, whatever situation they have in in terms of the company that owns the, you know, the the right the management rights to the ground itself. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it, but but what percent? You know, what does the NRL the have to gain? That I think that I think they. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's if it's ticket thing. I think they they have to the clubs have to pay like a licensing fee just for the you know for the use of the the logo and or, you know because like mm. the NRL owns all of the 
IP for the. You, um, you would assume that's part of the agreement with yeah. NRL, though. Yeah, like yeah, to hold the license means you can use that IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, but I, I just wonder what the uh, yeah if there's any actual you know like mm. cut per and and what what I'm getting thing. to by this is with this bid, whether the commission are looking at it and going hmm ticks all the boxes great leagues club fantastic location looks spectacular yeah. on t- on TV mm. yeah you know it it's it's probably like a fucking Wollongong you know in terms of yeah. like that looks amazing with the yeah, grass is yeah. green you've got the ocean behind it it's fucking fantastic but is that well we've got our own stadium but it can only give you this kickback as opposed yeah. to the the fire cunts who go oh we'll play every game out of Suncorp you know cos yeah yeah apparently apparently that whole fire cunt thing has come about because uh, the NRL told them individually the Jets and the Firehawks individual consortiums that individually you've got fucking nothing on the Dolphins bid. Like, so the only way they could actually make themselves a legitimate competitor to the bid was to join to, to pull their forces together. Isn't that collusion? To well, I mean... Insider know, trading. I don't think you understand no, how insider trading works. because it's not the stock market. <laughs> you get where I'm coming from without you guys being Oh, you know, that's just, that's, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just business, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, well, they want to give themselves every advantage to... It, it's also the, the old boys club sort of mm, attitude yeah, that rugby league is. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. don't get me wrong. In business, you, you know, you take every opportunity to try and find out what what other bids are and what you're up against and yeah. and what you need to do to win tenders. But you know whether you get told or not is a is another story. And yeah, then, to I mean, my that's... mind, the person that always comes out and says, "Look, you know, only because I like you, I'm going to tell yeah. you this, 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 and this." Yeah, instantly loses all fucking credibility with me and it may just be that I'm fucking charming and you know nope charismatic nope but um why, why oh, I thought these me? were trivia questions <laughs> is there an online form I can fill out no if that was a question what else you fucking got if that was a question I would have said am I cause if you uh, if you feel like you're getting by on fucking charm and good looks oh sweet baby Jesus well, how have I come this far with no discernible know. talent whatsoever? <laughs> I don't know. Not Take me wrong. I ask ones. myself that question every fucking week, twice a week. <laughs> but here and, we are. And, and, and I tell you, the, 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 old, the old Redcliffe ground too, I mean, I guess you know, it's all obviously seasonal depending on the time of the year, but it actually has a legitimate home field advantage there. We, we saw in the Manly game and twice in the Penrith game where if you drop a kickoff down into that little hole, just over the twenty, just at the right time of day, just yeah. over the twenty meter line. It's like a, a fif- uh, there's, fifteen there's like this, meter radius. There's this little, there's this little <laughs> black hole where the sun just comes straight through over the top of the stand as it's setting. So you got to, if you're playing like a four o'clock game, you you get that from three thirty to four thirty. Mm. There's this window there where the sun is just directly there and leaves this little blind spot of white, light. Yeah. <laughs> which we saw happen a couple of times to both te- to to both of you guys in the in the yeah. second game and then exactly. mainly at the end of the first game. But um, but yeah, no, it was the, great. The NRL um, moves on from CTE to burnt out corners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, great. And it's like you know, there's. Obviously, things would change. They'd have to probably, with the grandstands, they'd have to sort of build the corners out 
uh, you know, just to add more capacity, just to, you know, so put corners in, you know, bridging the stands together just because they could add another, you know, probably 5,000, you know, pretty you know, easily if they did that. Build out one of the, the long stands as well, like add an extra level to it. But um, overall, definitely not a... They've got the space, though, to do yeah, that. Without, oh, yeah, they've got tons. Yeah. Without massive redevelopment, you know, like it's... Yeah. Well, on that, it's on that end, on. on that short end that's opposite the um the, the, the leagues here, they, they, they could build an entirely brand new fucking stand there and... You know, multi, you know, like crazy amount because just all the only thing that's behind there is just empty land and car parking. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. Speaking of car parks, yes, Look. I've been waiting with bated breath for your car park tales. <laughs> who's tales okay. from car who's, park yeah. town. Who's going for? Yeah, go, who's going first? Yeah, Do you want me to go? Go, go for it, Glenny. So mine's not, mine's not that that interesting or long story. We've uh, we've. Enjoyed our uh, our day. Well, I, I had a fantastic time. Uh, Jackson and I drove down in the morning. We got there, um, parked the Probably car. Midday, yeah. yeah, yeah, just just on midday. Went and had lunch at the leagues club and um, walked around, checked it out, and then uh, met up with with Nate and made our way in for a glorious afternoon football. It was lovely. Um, and you got yourself started, a new, you got yourself a new Tigers shirt. Got yourself a new polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and finished up. It was a bit Toowoomba-ish by the time uh, full time in the Tigers Penrith game blew. And um, meaning you you mean meaning it was a bit cold. Yeah, it was a bit cool. It was a bit chilly. Yeah, it was a bit. Cool. Oh, I thought you meant you were on meth. No, <laughs> <laughs> you were selling tractors my, to people. Yeah. <laughs> my, my neck started to go a bit red. <laughs> the makeup was starting to wear off. <laughs> it's, so uh, I use the N word with a hard R. <laughs> <and> I fuck <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> That's fucking perfect. Uh, so, as I typically want to do, I needed to go to the bathroom, and Jackson was like, "Oh, can you give me the keys to the car? I'm going to go sit in the car because I don't want to have to wait around." For you to go to the to toilet again, dick. yeah, because it was cold. I've already. It's part of the reason why I told you it was cold because it took yeah, me a little while. Hell, <laughs> fucking millennials! Uh, don't, don't you stop? Don't do not ever enter into a conversation with my son if about road, road that, trips with me. <laughs> if I'd have said that to my dad, going, oh, "Oh, I'm cold," he would have dragged me in, thrown me in the urinal, and pissed on me, and gone, "You're warm now." <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Look, to say that I aim to have a better relationship with my son than your father does with you is a fair understatement. <laughs> Look, just don't go to Scientology. You'll be yeah, sweet. Fair. Um, so the body I've, things that made him do that. <laughs> so I'm making my way over to the bathroom, and I'll, in the end, I was pretty glad that Jackson made his way to the car because a fairly sizable domestic dispute unfolded before my very eyes and uh, there was uh, a couple uh, with a, a very young baby you know we're probably talking somewhere between three and six months old involved um, which is which is never and it brought back some pretty fucking painful memories for me to be quite honest but um, anyway old mate had something to say to uh, his I don't know. I don't. I didn't quiz them as to the current relationship status, so I'm going to assume it's his current missus or ex missus. I'm not sure. Um, and she has proper D 
detonated at him, and I knew that they were together because they were both wearing Penrith jerseys to the surprise of absolutely fucking no one. Um, because, you know, people from Campbelltown in the Western suburbs wouldn't behave in such a manner. Uh, and she has fucking... They do their arguing with their fucking fists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't start at words. Look, to be honest, this wasn't a West Tigers fight because no words. one was stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she has launched into him and, um, like, obviously a game of football with several thousand people in attendance has just finished. So yeah. there's a fuckload of people around. And there was zero fucks given from either of these parties as to how many people they were screaming at each other at the top of their lungs at. And um, she's then run over and snatched the child out of his arms and he's telling her to shut the fuck up and she's like screaming. I'm just like, fuck me dead for a Sunday night. This is a bit of excitement. And um, look, in, in the end, I didn't see the end of it. Because, as I said, I had to piss. So <laughs> my priorities led me off to the bathroom and it petered out. You could have hosed them off and you know, settled things down a bit. Look, I'm not sure that me walking into the midst of that dispute and pissing on them <laughs> was going to fucking help at all, if I'm honest. <laughs> you are, Kelly, after all. <laughs> you could have been the force that united two quarrelling lovers. Yeah, by, by them both stabbing me because I pissed on them. Or... How do you know they didn't have a water sports fantasy that would have invited you back home? Oh, fucking Jesus. Jackson's in the car going, Dad, where are you? He could have sat on the couch, watched the wiggles with the baby. (laughs) You've got got the solution played out. It's like this has happened to you before. In some alternate universe, it did. This is like a a session of show and tell. Isn't it? Yeah, Stepdad's not trying to show us anything, but he's telling us everything. In some alternate universe, <laughs> Glenn's there singing the Coddy's Cordial theme. Fucking... Oh, fuck me. So anyway, Nathan, something something unfolded uh, after we parted ways. I went left, you went right. Yeah, yeah. So we so we went the other way, and up ahead in the car parks, <laughs> for the opposite direction to the, to the way you went, I could just hear this. You just fuck it, just get in a fucking car and fuck it. Just like just probably yeah. what you heard as well, yeah, as well yeah. except it was you know just uh, it was a, a separate and equally Penrith supporting <laughs> group of people. And I will tell you, the mother was she, she was so Penrith that hurt. I mean, she had like a, a an Echo shoulder bag, and I'm sure she pulled a jug cord out of it. And um <laughs> and and yeah, and uh, then. We fight ten minutes later we're at the car, so I sort of parked a little bit out of the way so we could get out of the you know the rush of people you know easily, and um, and the missus is like, uh, "What's the deal? what's the deal with Penrith supporters?" I'm like, "I don't know what, what are you talking are we, about." Like, you've been you know, trying to fucking like, work yeah, it out for a while now. You know, it's like you know, there's Jay, you know, Jay, there's, that's Jay saying she has because her interest in football is you know it's is very low. I mean, she spent most of the afternoon people watching at the stadium. She's like, I mean, they are by far the worst, the worst fucking fans I've ever seen in my life. So, <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, there was that guy in that retro jersey that we had a discussion with. He was, he was lovely. Yeah. But then there was, that, there was that other guy between that guy and us where yeah. he offered some banana bread to his friend yeah. next to him and he said, and he, said yeah. and he politely declined. He said, fucking eat it, can't so, yeah. so, And I said, that's the most aggressive offering of banana bread I've ever heard. And then he goes, it's you like, want some? I was like, fuck no, I don't want it. No. So what if it tastes like shit? Though. Here's the thing. 
what you're failing to realise <laughs> is... Ain't, ain't no banana bread in real Penrith. <laughs> see, Redcliffe is like Mecca to Panther supporters. <laughs> now, have you ever known a religious person that's been to Mecca? No. Of what? No, they say, but it's the best analogy ever. They say that it is undeniably the strangest <laughs> juxtaposition of things that are a complete paradise with a spiritual peace and natural beauty that one can only imagine, but yet somehow being intimately familiar as if they've lived their entire <laughs> life there. <laughs> Right. And you've just described Penrith fans <laughs> gathering in Redcliffe. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'll tell you brilliant. what, though, without the, with, with, with the exception of the aforementioned guy that had that jersey, when did he say he got it? It was like, it was like it was 80s, late was 70s like, or something. Late said. 70s. Like, it mm. was, it was orig- an original. Best and like, less. Best and chocolate less. Soldiers. Oh, brown. Really? Yeah, it was chocolate soldiers. Um, without Penrith sponsorship. With, uh, no, without blank. without without sponsorship, just blank yeah, with wow. the badges, like the best and less un, unsponsored one, original though from like original back in the day. So yeah. well, I had to ask him. Apart from that, every other, I was that yeah, curious. That, pretty much every other Penrith jersey I saw was fucking had the collars, had the tags still hanging off it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know why? Redcliffe, bandwagons. No. Well, Pen- Penrith Mecca is now Pecker Stadium. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, back in Man, it, it was smart. It was one of the the Gus initiatives. Penrith were the first ones to get on the afterpay style um, shit for the memberships. Ah, uh, right. So you could get on, and I think they do it on merch too, where you can essentially pay your jersey off over ten weeks. It, I so, had to order. I, I ordered twenty eight dollars worth of new bands for my Fitbit online and it said or you can order via afterpay for fucking so many payments of like six bucks it's like fuck me yeah unbelievable afterpay is great for retail it's not such a great business for themselves because I mean they're assuming the debt of people who can't afford fucking cheap stuff (laughs) in the first place but um Uh, yeah afterpay not not to turn us into you know, th- yeah. this week in stonks, but yeah. look at Afterpay and Zip Pay. Neither of them are making money. They're, they're one no. of those be- beautiful Eight hundred million fintech. loss. Yeah, fuck mm. me. Yep. Anyway, that was our Sunday. Um, you know, partially. Let's get into the results though. And uh, we kicked off on Thursday night up Sunshine Coast with the Knights fifteen defeating the Titans fourteen in a in a uh, an epic struggle for lower table presence. Uh, the Knights' tries came through Ponga and Pierce. Uh, Clifford, two conversions and a penalty goal with Mitchell Pierce getting the decisive field goal. The Titans, 14, tries to Sammy and David Fafita. Fogarty, one conversion, two penalty goals. I think the Knights are going to cause their opponents some headaches in finals week one. Their mix of experience through, obviously, Mitchell Pierce, um, the unpredictability of, of Ponga behind that forward pack is... Is going to be dangerous, and I think they're they're growing in a bit of confidence now. They can, you know, that bit of an all or you know nothing to lose sort of mentality. Um, I don't expect them to go deep in the finals. Obviously, the the class disparity between the top four and and the the bottom half of the eight is is vast. But um, I thought they handled this game and and the pressure towards the end to 
to ice it really well. And, you know, Mitchell Pearce proved again that he's a exceptional club footballer and it's probably where his career should have really been played out. I think he'd be viewed in a very different light if he was a guy that just played his, his entire career in club land and never entered the Origin Arena. Correct. Yeah, so, if the, so, so if the finals were played today, the Knights would be looking at a uh, a game against the Roosters, however, which is great, you know, for the Mitchell Pearce mm. narrative. Yeah, exactly. Um, however, I think that probably based on the games this weekend, I think the Roosters will probably get up. And oh, we ladder predicting. And, oh. and the yields and the yields will get wiped oh. out, which which will which will split those. I mean, Newcastle is seventh, regardless. I think the I think the Roosters and the Eels will switch place uh, switch places uh, over the next week, and we'll probably find them facing off the Eels in round one. So when you're saying that you think that they're finding some confidence and form and can do something in the finals, mm. does it stop right? Does it, does it stop right there at the Roosters or the Eels? Oh, I, I think the the Roosters the Roosters would would roll them. Um, but I know Para, and we'll get to Para's performance this round. But I want to see more from Para. To think it's more than a flash in the pan, to be quite honest. So um, Mitchell Moses on a big stage is never somewhere someone you want to bank on. So um, credit to the Titans in this game also, who dug right in until the death. And <clears throat> I said it before the other week that. They'll be better for the experience of this season and, and another off-season together under Holbrook. And, you know, they seem to have, in my opinion, quite a number of the right pieces um, and Holbrook. I think he's – I actually think he's a good coach. Um, I think they'll they'll benefit from this year and, and be better next. Yeah, Looking at the stat sheet, if I'm the Titans, I am extremely disappointed that we didn't find a way to ice that game. They beat the Knights and beat the Knights in all major stat categories, in run meters, in post-contact meters. The line breaks were five to two, you know, kick return meters. Everything they did was better. They had fewer missed tackles. They, you know, it it, it was an absolutely dominant performance on the stat sheet. By the, yeah, the, th- the thing is, you I know, mean, five errors was- to eleven. But Glenn was Glenn was you know was blowing the Knights and it, it's all coming together etc. But I feel like the only thing that the Knights did better in this entire game was honestly honestly just like Mitchell Pierce at the at the end of the game getting That's to the it. position where he could take the decisive field goal and even that remember was off a set when they received an additional set because the Titans actually blocked one and turned it turned into a charge down which and which the Knights recovered and then had yeah. a, had another set to go at them from you know reasonable range at which point then they just trundled it up real close. Um, so it's fucked how those things can work against you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the odds, the odds of getting it, the odds of blocking a field goal are, fa- are fairly low, especially with this day and age, how they can just, you know, leave players littering the, well, apparently, you know, uh, uh, by the rules, you can't leave players littering the, the ruck anymore to try and, you know, make it yeah. difficult for runners to get through, but the Knights still had two of them standing right there guarding it. So, yeah. um, the, the, the Titans, I think are missing leadership. And and be that, yeah, you know, Glenn. And I'm not saying Holbrook isn't a good coach, but be that the message or the plan from the coach, giving them enough confidence mm. to go out there and, and execute, or be it somebody on the field who's going to take control. They need some stability in their halves and spine, and they need somebody in their forward pack to stand up and be the fucking leader. 
Mm. Like and you know, preferably the one that they're paying, you know, seven figures. You know what though? Who's also still what twenty one? Yeah, twenty two. I I don't need him. That's it. I don't need him to be the leader because of his age. Mm. You know, they're the team that needs a James Tamau. Or a fucking Ryan James. Imagine. Can you imagine? (laughs) Funny that. Funny that. Um, Socials on that one. Uh, Joshua in the Facebook group said, I watched a dwarf set a world record in the 200-meter individual medley only an hour or so ago. I don't see this game reaching those dizzying heights. (laughs) Shout out to all our wonderful fucking Paralympians. I don't know if you saw the the Facebook post, but I I used it with... uh, with the kids today, if you know if they ever whinge or say life's not fair or get crabby about something, I now have a picture in my phone of a cunt with no arms playing ping pong. Yeah, <laughs> who so. serves the ball with his foot and a yeah, bat in his mouth? It. That's it. So, um, Alistair said, I assume the twenty years on the knight's collar is for the anniversary year of the O one Grand Final. Did it not occur to them that's celebrating twenty years of being shit? <laughs> Norts sums up the Titans seasons no guts no direction no defence piss poor attack for the majority of matches no why oh you got to find your why Isaac said a lot to be positive about if you're a Titans fan Fogarty's kicking game Campbell if he puts on 10 kilos and for feeder if he's handled properly I get that you are trying to light a candle and not curse the darkness there my friend um, but fuck that's a lot of ifs to to light candles. Uh, Hammers said, not sure this is our year to be honest. <laughs> uh, LV on Twitter said, thank fuck that shit show didn't go to Golden Point. My God, what a train wreck. We have a few injuries, but no excuse for our performances last few weeks. We have no direction at all in attack. Lots of work to do at training. Still five in a row is really a bad thing. That's it. In the scheme of things, you know, you take them where you get them. And uh, at ColtSando78 on Twitter, Said there was a lot at stake tonight and we simply blew it. To be honest, we were not good enough all year. Sums it up nicely. Next up, Thursday, oh, sorry, Friday night, early game. The Canberra Raiders 28 to feed the Warriors 16 to uh, keep their hopes alive and I guess extinguish the Warriors' hopes. Um, the Raiders tries through uh, Nickel Klukstar, Rapana, uh, double to Seb Chris. Hudson Young with a try as well. Uh, Rapping a four or five conversions. Uh, Warriors 16 tries to O'Sullivan, Berry, and uh, DWZ. Uh, Reese Walsh two conversions. And I should say, I neglected to say with this with this Knights situ- uh, and Titans situation, it hasn't killed the Titans off yet. There is still definitely a scenario where they actually. I'm not going to say we'll talk about it on Wednesday more. I wouldn't say I favour them to get through, but I think they've got a they're pretty good chance as far as the three teams that are in contention going into the last round. Uh, but in this case, the Raiders. It looked like the Afraiders had shown up again. Um, <laughs> the Warriors ran out to a to a lead and, and looked pretty good, but the, the Raiders gathered themselves and, and put together a pretty impressive comeback in the end. Um, I think the, the Warriors impacted fairly significantly by Chad Townsend getting hurt. He tried to play on with a busted shoulder and, and he mm. was he was fucking he was definitely no good and that they kinda of lost their way and couldn't stop the flow of points. Kind of the first uh, time in the season. Real direction. It was the first time in the season where a team has actually gotten worse when Chad Townsend hasn't been on the field. Yeah, I'd agree. But they were they were noticeably worse and, and lacked yeah. direction 
And just his just his kicking game, if anything, just to try and kick him out of trouble when when the Raiders were, were finishing over the top of him. I, I think yeah. you know that could have changed the result potentially, but um, he was he was in a hell of a lot of pain coming off the field. Mm. I don't have much to add to this game. To be honest, I'm struggling to remember moments from it. It was only a couple of days ago. I'll tell you, fucking, I'm hopeless. Um, the Raiders, in for the for the most part, seem to have you know cohesion. At this point of the season, you could forgive them for for being you know out of sync with each other, or especially with some positional changes and players coming in and out. But for the most part, they seem to be putting the effort in. Um, I'm I'm not sure what that means for them going on. I don't know how much changes for them next year that improves this situation. Um, but yeah, again, it sort of sums up the year that a couple of years back they're a grand finalist, mm-hmm. and and now they're they're languishing out of the eight with you know one week to go. So Yeah, well back to their standard, you know, like default position of the last sort of, you know, twenty years, I guess. Yeah, that's Which it. Is, you know, competing in that in that bracket of like, you know, sort of tenth to sixth sort of bracket. Yeah. But um mm. but no, look they're they're playing okay at the moment. Chance is getting better. Like he, he was def- he was he was far better this week than he was last week. And yeah, presumably if they're given more you know, more games in their season. It I I don't know whether it's because they're too like Ricky's done too good a job of, you know, yes, we're all in this together, us versus them, yada, yada. Do they accept complacency now? You know, has he done too well in bringing them all together that it's impossible to blame anyone for a shit performance? Because Nicol Klukstar just seems to me to be the only one with any sort of spark or energy. And normally you see that in a team, at least some of the others go with him. But he seems yeah. to be a man, a man alone in the effort he's putting in well, I mean, you have to say that Rappin is like he's he's putting in massively over. I mean, he's played almost played a lone hand while Chance is out. Yeah. Um, well, I think the NRL's got a, a a good read on Jack Whiten now, and I, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know that he is a type has the game or the skill set to evolve that further to then kick on and and bring some more out of his kit bag. Yeah. Um, you know, he was you know he's a Dally M winner. Yeah, but his game's built on you know power running and you know and and structure that the Raiders have have sort of created for him in that environment. But but, but again, that's it's the same with you know with South Sydney, the success of your six is in your seven. You put Jack Whiten in a team with with a a professional game manager like Adam Reynolds, mm. and an outside back unit like. Dylan Walker's got at uh, Cody Walker's got at Souths, and he's a Dally M winner almost every year. But he's got no one around him, and he's not the sort of six to take on the big moment plays for himself. All he does is fucking put grubbers in that go dead and give away seven tackles. So was his? He did, he did, he did have a fair side around him though in in the State of Origin game three though. Yeah, which he, he said, uh, like the the thing is, no, I know I know the you're saying about his game is in your seven. Who was his seven? Yeah, but you're talking about the outside outside backs and everything he had around him in the forwards. I mean, he he had almost everything he needed. Um, so was his success he, in the Dal- winning the Daly M? Did that come from Josh Hodson then? From from the hooking position, because 
what what did he get out of the seven that he was playing with? Oh, look, that was that was a charmed year mm. for Canberra. I think it's not just the fact that he's been figured out. I think that even what he has brought to the table this year is not as it's not nearly as good as he's even been. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Jason in the Facebook group said, "I was asked yesterday if my Raiders were the secretly shit team of 2021." I very confidently said, "No, they're not." Now I'm not saying they're shit; they're not shit, but I'm extremely confident it's not a secret. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) Aaron, Josh Handbrake Judson. Rolls right off the tongue. Hamish, Corey Horsburgh must have some dollars on the Warriors to win. Fuck that cunt. Uh, Mark, he had another from- one of those. He had another one of those pointy cry moments doing the game. Did you see? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want? I want to post. You know how we always talk about it? we want the fastest man in rugby league race and the like the obstacle course or whatever. Yep. I want him and Hedrington in a boxing match, just a bare knuckles brawl. Jesus, <laughs> and just but give each of them ten minutes to insult the other one first. Well, that's, I think that's more. Too, I don't. I don't think you make it a physical thing to start with. I think you actually what you actually start with is you just have they're not allowed to swing, and you just got to start with they've just got to start saying they've just got to like just start giving each other shit. And I think the person to lose their head first is you know the loser of the contest, but also the winner of the shortest fuse award. You know, or like the. There's, you know, they each start with a hundred thousand dollars to be donated for charity, and each time they swing, they lose ten grand. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, orphans. Uh, <laughs> finally, Mup on Twitter said Warriors versus Raiders was traditionally the easiest time to get read out on this week in league. Probably still is, <laughs> <laughs> as evidenced by the fact you were just read out. <laughs> That's it. The uh, Rabbitohs. 54 to feed the Roosters 12 uh, in the late game on Friday night football. Spicy one with uh, hat tricks to Alex Johnson, a double to Mark Nichols, a double to Latrell Mitchell, a double to Jackson Polo. Reynolds, six conversions and a penalty goal. Latrell with two penalty goals, oh, sorry, two conversions. The Roosters 12 tries to Joey Manu and Sam Verrills. Uh, Takayaho with a conversion and Sam Walker with a conversion. Spicy one, fellas. Wasn't it? Tell you what, all spice aside, all spice aside, nothing Latrell Mitchell did, nothing the absence of Joey Manu did, nothing that any of the other shit that went on with the bunker in this game was the cause of Mark Nichols scoring a double. <laughs> yeah, so, and the softest double in the history and of rugby anyone, league. If, it was like just exact duplicates yeah. of, of, the, of the try and... Yeah, the goal line defense was yeah traditionally you know fine for the Roosters, but no, yeah, yeah, not yeah, not not that night. And That's I would it. love to know how much it, you know, if anyone in the world got on him for two plus tries. Fuck. And no, because you'll never know is, because they now live... still in business. Yeah, you'll never know because they now live in the fucking Bahamas. I um, mean, I know, I know, I know. I do know a lot of people on Twitter that actually, yeah, would go him for one try because they fucking love him and it's almost like a joke. Yeah, to put money on him to score a try, so they're they're, they're cheering, obviously. But uh, yeah, but yeah. Look, I think as far as the the football element of the game, it yeah, came down. The football element first, yeah. and then go into the uh, spiciness. The Rabbitohs, you know, as as Jay mentioned earlier, game management um, of Adam Reynolds um, in tandem with the absolute sublime skill of 
their outside backs and Cody Walker. I think the Rabbitohs took control of the game pretty pretty early on and and held on to that advantage of possession and field position and just consistently turned it into points. Um, yeah, and there was barely, a good for the Roosters where they were fighting back mm. sort of early in the second half, but um, once they once they overcame that hump, then it was. Uh, just an absolute, you know, avalanche. It was. Yeah. Um, I think you know this is one of the true rivalries in left in the in the game. Uh, didn't disappoint. You know, there was a, there was a hell of a lot of feeling, um, even in the opening exchanges before all hell broke loose. And yeah, um, yeah, it was got pretty fucking ordinary <laughs> in different patches of the game. Mm. Is it time to talk about the Latrell incident? Sure. Yeah, I think so. And obviously, you know, for those who don't realise, Latrell Mitchell has accepted uh, a six-week suspension arising from an incident where the Roosters were sending a ball out to the right. Um, Latrell put his body on the line to try and cut that (laughs) cut, cut it off it. Cut it off oh, yeah. as it hit as it hit Manu, <laughs> really and know. it all went it all went it all went wrong, and and Manu ended up with a you know, a fractured cheekbone, and like it looked more like something you'd see in the UFC. I mean, the the level of uh, of damage that he sustained. Yeah. Did and- you see though? Did you see the footage where he blocked Long his nose? nose and bl- yeah. have you ever seen that before? Yes, yeah, and the thing because because when that happens, when you get like a broken orbital or a broken cheekbone, the the impulse is to blow your nose because it feels like it's. It's blocked up, like but the thing, but the thing is, when you see in, in the UFC when it happens, the corner people are saying, "Don't blow your nose, don't blow your nose, don't," because they because if you blow your nose, it your instantly goes, just yeah. the whole thing just fucking inflates, and so uh, yeah, Manu didn't have that same advice. No, and, yeah. so did blow his nose and then instantly ballooned out, you know. Um, but like, the, there's there's a number of there's a number of pieces to to this, and um, it may it. it if any good comes out of this, it may see the end in the back of uh, Henry Perinara, who had to had to stop being a, an on field referee due to you know some sort of heart condition, and he's since been uh, plying his trade or you know thieving a living if if you prefer in the bunker, and he was the one that basically let this shit go straight through to the keeper, and had it not been for I mean even the commentary missed it so let's you know let's be honest at the time. Mm. It wasn't something that was like so blatantly obvious. However, the oh. bunker's job, you know, as we've seen through the last half of the season, the bunker's job is obviously, you know, going back through everything that happens and then coming back and putting guys on report retrospectively. But this one, yep. Manu was on the ground from the time it happened. Didn't writhing, really, like writhing, yeah, writhing. Didn't, didn't really get. I mean, it, it's there was enough there that certainly warranted closer inspection. And the fact it took Manu to actually get up and sort of you know, confront Mitchell and, you know, have some, you know, things like that to, to make them have a better look at it and actually see what the fuck was going on. Yeah. It was, it was just outrageous. And then the, the second part of that is, should have been a send-off, clearly. Yeah. Um, imagine, imagine like, half of that force and height would have been a send-off in Magic, Magic Round. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like half of it. Like, you know, and then... Um, a, th- and then a third. We, a third of... Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's yeah, crazy. Swinging, swinging arms. Lazy arms were sent off some Magic yeah. Round. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like guys actually, like, you know, t- getting 10 minutes for accidentally slapping a guy in the chops, you know, with yeah. no real force, you know. Um, so, like, the, the punishment on field was terrible. I mean, you know, there's a small measure of, you know, 
okay, he did get a sin bin, which is, is something, you know, I suppose. Um, but just officiating wise, not a, not a, uh, a happy time for, for Perinara in the, the box and uh, and I think it was Klein on the field as well, who I, I, I wouldn't say he lost control of the game, but he did he did in a couple of patches he, for sure. Yeah, he, he but he's yeah he was just it's just fucking weak. And I mean there were times there as well, like when he um when he simbined um Gagai later on in the game, and like and, and Gagai's just like you know just sort of his face going you know you yeah you yeah. fucking you know you fucking kidding me can't you know like. <laughs> The, yeah. That sort of shit was like suspension worthy back in the in the yeah. fucking nineties. Like you're saying, saying that shit to the referee, you know. Steve Roach yeah. got how many weeks for patting someone on the head? Yeah, I mean that was a pretty solid pat that he put on Eddie. I mean he wasn't like he, I mean like he was, you know, he he fucking deserved Ooh. it. I mean, he's been a cunt. Imagine but. saying, <laughs> imagine being up in the face of Bill Harrigan. Mm. Yeah, you know, instant, yeah. just yeah. instant. Yep. Yep. My issues with with Latrell. And I don't remember, I I have loved watching his his come to power in the fullback role. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of people that doubted that he could do it. You know, he'd he'd come from a team with the the then premier fullback in the competition. Yep. Um, you know, Dylan Edwards wasn't a factor in the competition then. Oh, we'll fucking get to that. But, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the winning Dylan Edwards. <laughs> but um, the, the thing that worries me about Latrell is you need your star players, and, and he is the star player in a team full of superstars. You need them to have a much better grasp of situational awareness. As in, for him to be flying out of the line like that, when he's playing at fullback, that close to the line, looking to put a shot on with that amount of force, there was no need for that. His team wasn't under pressure. The game was well and truly wrapped up. You know, they had a comfortable enough lead that they just had to go through the motions and, and make smart choices and run out with it. Mm. And so for him to do that, shows a complete lack of understanding of the flow of a game, of the requirements of an 80-minute game. And it's great that the, you know he's got that intensity and he wants to, to raise his mates or whatever it is. Fantastic. But a stupid time to do it. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to expect better from a leader of the club. And all he's done now is severely hamstring them for the rest of their campaign. He's fucked them. You know, they can't win He's the comp him, without yeah. him. Yeah. They cannot yeah. win the comp without him. So, and then the but then in the other side, I mean, you know, then we compare and contrast uh, a week earlier with the incident where uh, Corey Harry and Ira uh, hit Jerome Hughes. The second it happens, yeah. he's like, "Fuck, sorry," and he's like apologizing to the huddle of the teammates as he's, as he's walking off the field mm. after being sent off, and then after the game, he's on he's on Instagram like you know. Tagging show, him showing, you're tagging him and apologizing, showing contrition and everything. Whereas there was nothing, there was nothing but you know, yeah, petulance from from uh, from Latrell on field. Nothing indicating there was no, there was nothing indicating remorse or anything, or even concern for that matter, at any point during the rest of the game. 
and then crickets afterwards <laughs> after the game as well. There, I mean, he was, was he was liking he was, was a- liking Instagram. He was liking Instagram pictures from teenage teenage girls Instagram accounts five minutes after full time. But he wasn't fucking typing out an apology. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or like you know any yeah. any kind of semblance of uh, you know, remorse, and there was a report that fact. he was trying to get into the rooms to to check on Manu, and they uh, that's where the incident with letters yeah. kicked in. He told but also me Manu, was in, Manu, Manu was at the fucking of hospital. Of course, he was, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And the the other thing is, even to the stage where Manu was at Latrell, and you can see him on the coverage. Yeah, you know, Mount, what, what the fuck did you do that for? Yeah, you know, like his face, his face was just like, like you know, what the fuck? Like Josh man? I thought, I thought, I thought it was, I thought said, we were, damn, his face I thought, is fucked up. But he was like, but he 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 was all he wasn't like going in there trying to start a fight. He was all in there like you know, like, like I thought yeah. we were fucking boys, you know, like yeah, yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, because essentially, it was, you know, are you fucking serious? Yeah, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, you know, and not even that snapped him out. No. Now, I don't want to turn this into a Latrell bashing session and not only in his NRL career, but also in his day-to-day life growing up in the situations he had with the fucking oppression, and let's not mince words, it's oppression of, you know, indigenous members of our community. You can forgive Latrell for having a me versus the world mentality. Oh, sure. You know, mm. but from a pure rugby league standpoint, um, I think Wayne Bennett has missed it a little bit with that. Yeah, look, and like I, the actual incidents. I mean, the tackle was was fucking terrible, and the results were, you know, were you know incredibly destructive. But I don't even have that much of an issue with what's going through his mind at the time that makes him shoot up. Because I mean, you've got to remember the period of the game; it wasn't over. It was twenty four twelve, and the roosters it were was over. It was, well, it was it wasn't over. The roosters were the roosters were coming on strong, multiple sets against them, and they're twenty four twelve. After they clawed their way back to get to twenty four twelve, and they were looking at twenty four eighteen. The game wasn't over until after Latrell got binned, and then the rabbits on their next set went down, and they scored a try while they were short handed to take it out to thirty to twelve, and that was the point at which the game was probably over as a contest. But I mean, at the time, that was one of the only times in the game. Where it actually was game on in that in that in that passage of the game. So like so as far as he's thinking of you know got to get up there and shut shut the play down quickly. You don't do it by cannonballing yourself with your shoulder fucking leading leading at the at the player. I mean usually guys go with both arms because they're trying to hit the guy ball and all and stop the the quick pass going out you know to the winger or whatever. So his execution was like I think the idea was right. The execution was fucking like careless and 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 like fucking hopeless, frankly. And the result was predictably destructive. Destructive, yeah. So, and, uh, but then uh, for me, for me, it's like the, just the lack of like just the just the obliviousness to the ramifications for his team, for his you know friend who he's played you know through his entire football career with. You know, from you know, young age, all that sort of thing, all of that obliviousness. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that doesn't sit well with me. And again, in the spirit of of fairness, potentially being able to play devil's advocate, it may very well be that it was the severity of it that did that to him, as in it was almost a deer in the headlights sort of reaction. Mm. You know, as in 
fuck, I don't know how to react to this. Mm. Um, um, oh, just, you know, swagger. You know, who, who knows? But who knows, yeah. def- It definitely wasn't a good look. I will but say, gonna, though, yeah. that there's a challenge ahead of him and, and, it, and it's something that he can certainly – I think this could potentially be another turning point in, in Latrell's career. And if he channels the emotion and the scrutiny and the criticism and, and all the rest that's come of this incident – um, and the fact that he's now been ruled out of a finals campaign and, and severely impacted his team. And I'm sure Bennett, between the two of them, he won't mince his words in that um, when he you know, when he has those conversations, if he hasn't already. Um, but if he channels that emotion in the right way and takes his game to another level next year, given how good he's been this mm. year, it's fucking scary. Yeah. You know, I, I think the only way that he takes his game to another level is with his fitness, and I'm not yeah. saying that he's unfit at the moment. Oh, I think he he could he could definitely be fitter. But, yeah, he, he could be, but I mean, fuck me, I mean, like the level he's playing at now. <laughs> yeah, you know, but can you ima- can you imagine he comes back like round one next year, just like you know, Brad Yoked. Pitt in snatch, just yeah. <laughs> just fucking. Well that, well, well, that would probably take a little bit away from his game because I do think he benefits from having a little bit of, you know, like a size. I mean, I don't think being a, a wiry fucking I'm lightweight, I'm <laughs> lightweight, lightweight uh, pikey boxer is is, is going to help him too much. But I mean, if he come back, you know, just, you know, just like you know, a couple of kilos lighter though, it would be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, he's, he's got time to work on it, hasn't he? Anything else you want to say about that? No. Uh, I don't think so, no. Successfully ended the campaign of two clubs, if if there was one for the Roosters. Yeah, I mean the Roosters are you know I think it's just a big tick that they've they've uh, fought as as uh, as hard as they have for so long, considering the uh, you know absolutely insurmountable injury toll. And uh, that's it. And look, I mean, and the thing is, the way they finish, you know, they potentially get to they week two of the finals is a is a pretty fucking good result, I think, given yeah, what they've had exactly. to endure. I mean, finals is a good result. And again, to week two, just given the, you know, by virtue of the weakness of who's coming in seventh and eighth, I mean, they, they can they can probably get through to week two anyway. So, like, look know, at the West Tigers; they've had Luke Brooks all year. Yeah, Liam, in the Facebook group, they barely got to week two of fucking Tiger Town. <laughs> he said, "I've always been a big advocate of Latrell, but I think he might actually be a dick. His shit players only let his teammates down. Panthers will be playing a week in South's first week of the finals." Bethany. It says Klein has lost control. Gay guy was right to give him a spray. Also, Fatrell is the biggest grub in the game, bar none, which is interesting because that means that Bethany has not watched her team play this entire season. I was going to say there's at least one guy that's got more grub in their game. That's in it. The storm side than than, than Latrell. Yeah. So. I mean, Latrell hasn't done himself favors this year though, because he had that game against the West Tigers earlier. Like he's had a couple of games where he's. Been fairly loose. Yeah. Um, oh, he was trying to pull his boot out. If fucking whoever it was hadn't grabbed his boot, he wouldn't have had to pull it out. You try and pull your try and pull your dick out of him. How about that? Right. <laughs> 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 said as a South fan, the trail should have been sent. I'd be surprised if we see him again before our magnificent victory over the Storm in the grand final. <laughs> Steve. Uh, Hope's free. 
Trent Robertson letting loose in his press conference. I reckon Uncle Nick said, go your hardest, son. I'll cover the 10K. Mm, it turns that, out it was 40. <laughs> it's 40 now, but yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I reckon that would be a standing offer with Uncle Nick. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't think you could ever get in there and you know stand up for the club and not have it covered. Yeah, and he and then forty grand. I mean, fuck, that's like you find that down the back of his couch anyway. Uh, Tim said, in spite of the drama and refereeing, if you look at the actual football, quite clearly Roosters were outmuscled from the get go. They bashed, bruised, run over, and most importantly, had very little go forward. Compounding this with the early mistakes and penalties that allowed a tough team in perfect scoring opportunity. Now, we won't go through all of these at the moment, but he does add, and this is fantastic, I encourage everybody to jump into the Facebook group, find this game thread, and have a look for Tim's post, where he runs through something uh, that he says he saw on Reddit. He's got the Roosters, 17 of injured players, and that team would probably do better than the Tigers. Even while they're injured. <laughs> so, um, it's fucking phenomenal it's get on there fucking appalling Michael said Perinara showing he never knew the rules and any bum could be hired as a ref and do a better job in the bunker and lastly on that one Anthony long time listener said always happy to smash the chooks both on the board and on the ground there you go you <laughs> fucking eye socket shattering celebrant Well, Latrell followed up with that spike too, where he where he just spiked the ball next to Walker's head or something after scoring yeah. a try, didn't he? Yeah. See, that that's the shit that didn't, didn't sit well with me after what had gone on. Um, is that it for the socials? That's it. Righto, the Cowboys thirty eight defeated the Dragons twenty six. The uh, Cowboys thirty eight came through tries to Reese Robson uh, a double to Felt Hampton, Dearden, Lukey, and Tabuai Fado with tries. Valentine Holmes, five conversions. The Dragons side had tries through uh, Zach Lomax, a double to Rawalawa, Sullivan, and Sloan also with tries. Not Lomax, three conversions. This was a, a strange, a strange fucking game. I can't remember. Yeah. What, what, what was this Saturday? What was I fucking doing on Saturday night? I must have been. I was, must have been out somewhere. But I remember. <laughs> Watching the first, the dragons were just doing it easily. Yeah, and I was like, and then I had to had to drive somewhere to do something quickly, and then I and then I came back and put it back on again. And I was like, what the fuck, what the fuck happened here? What has gone on here? What the fuck? Because like the dragons were doing it easily, and it was like the it was the future. You got you you got you got Lomax and Sullivan and and Sloan, like, and you're like, well, hey, here we go. They finally got you know Corey Norman's, you know. You know, unfortunately, still there. One, One more week, for, more but week. however, you're starting to see that you know at least some of these guys that they've pinned their hopes on for the future actually, you know, look like they could you know be something. Yeah, that first half I think is a is a sign of good things to come for the Dragons. Unfortunately, um, it turned around certainly in the second half, and and didn't play you know some of the best football he's played in his career. Certainly, the best game he's had for the Cowboys. I feel. Um, and Cowboys finished over the top of them, and and yeah, it was it was a strange old game. I, I thought it was interesting um, to hear Todd Payton say that he's considering playing Valentine Holmes at centre more permanently, um, you know, next season. And I don't think he'd be a bad centre, but he's played a lot of his career on the wing, 
um, argue, you know, that his success as a fullback is is debatable, but putting him in the centres is at this stage of his career is a, is a huge gamble. Athletically, I think he's up to it, but there's a lot more to playing centre. It's probably the toughest position on the field to defend, uh, to play, to, to defend mm. in, and um, you know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And he's you wouldn't say it's the fucking beginning of his career if he's if he's not at the tail end, he's he's getting there. Yeah. You said you cut off very abruptly there. I'm not sure if it was the internet connection or just oh, the, sorry. the no. sentence. <laughs> yeah. No, he's yeah, as I said, he's um at this stage of his career I think that's a big ask of him. Um yeah. but yeah. Mm. Mm. Um I missed this game because both of these sides are absolutely terrible. So, so you didn't um, miss it. You just avoided it. Yeah, no, I avoided <laughs> it. I, I did, however, see out. I was out doing some errands and ran into a mate who is a Dragons fan afterwards. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, so what happened? And he was working. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, I thought we were doing it easy. We are doing it easy. And I've just started giving people shit. And I hadn't seen the fucking second half. <laughs> and so now everyone thinks I'm a fuckhead. So. <laughs> they already thought that anyway, you're a Dragons fan. Um, the, um, you know, you did to this game what I try and do to Dragons fans. Fucking avoided it. That's it. John, on the socials, said, Corey Norman doing everything to make sure he has next year off. Every time he has a ball, the game slows down. Jordan said, the Cowboys and winning when it doesn't matter. Name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. Still fucking great to break the streak, though. David said, fucking finally can take a week off from the Mars bars. And Dev said, cons, conceding four tries in 15 minutes to have the game slip away from us. Equal our worst losing run at seven straight games. Pros, young kids looked great in parts. Only one more game with Norman in the team. Mm. And uh, fully vaxxed JDHD, good stuff out there educating the youth. So there was a point in the second half when Talatau, all nine games of him, was sprinting to cover a defensive gap. And Tarek Sims, current club captain, was jogging. That's one of the problems with this international cunt circus of a club. Support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner and you probably need a gift for a hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You know what they say, like father, like son. Hook him up this Father's Day with an exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. You remember, and I don't want to bring up anyone's PTSD from when they're a kid, but you know exactly the feeling when you were laying in your bed late at night. This is ominous. Dark. <laughs> Really is, and your dad'd get up, make his way from his bedroom, get himself something to eat in the kitchen, walking right past your room, and you know how you knew that would happen? Because even though your dad was nude, walking up that hallway, it sounded like he was sprinting in a pair of corduroy pants. That was his fucking Amazon jungle bush rubbing. Turn your dad into a genital ninja. <laughs> I cannot, cannot profess how wonderful the lawnmower 4.0 is. The last one was good, 
Um, I am now completely hairless all of the time. I go to Alopecia Anonymous, <laughs> laugh at fucking Will Chambers' mug, and no one suspects a fucking thing. <laughs> it makes me look just like God hates me. It is that good. <laughs> I uh, I must admit, the first time I tried to use the the four point the 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 multifunction on off switch, which uh, engages the travel lock, which is created for jet setters, um, not fucking idiots like myself, who think this thing's fucked and I can't use it. It doesn't work. <laughs> we know and what, I was. Glenn. Just You've never been stopped because something's buzzing in your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was on the verge. I was going to send a nasty email to our friends at Manscaped. And I thought, you know what? Just going to have a little, little gaze at the instructions, which I didn't think I would need to read the instructions to operate a device that has one button on it. But it turns out I did, and I'm glad I did. Because I managed to uh, disengage the travel lock and, look, my nuts have never been smoother, if I'm honest. Um, I love a good shave and, and there's a fair bit of work. This thing's got its work cut out for us, for it, um, on my bits and pieces. But it does a tremendous job and um, use it in the shower. It's waterproof. Um, just doesn't miss a beat. I love it. I think you need to stop imagining that your dad's got it covered because he definitely doesn't. The only thing he does have covered is his ass and his balls with matted hair that would make Jaden Oakenball proud. Um, make him proud this year and join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped and uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. I use it. Your dad should use it. And his ass would be as smooth as mine. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code TWILLNATION, all in caps. And don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. So this year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Can you claim that on your tax? It's not owner-occupied. It's technically an investment property. So there's there's no, like, capital gains or anything. (laughs) Right, the uh, Sharkies 24 defeat the Broncos 16 at Suncorp Stadium. The uh, Sharkies 24 came through tries to Katoa, Trindle, Ramian and Tracy. Uh, three of four conversions for Braden Trindle and a penalty goal. The Broncos uh, double to Tessie New and Xavier Coates uh, with the tries and Herbie Farnworth two conversions. What a debut for Brendan Piacura. Five minutes in, yeah. Sinbin. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely won't forget his debut. Um, for the Broncos, I think Tessie knew over this last sort of four or five weeks where the Broncos have really shown, um, you know, put in the effort and shown that, you know, maybe they are going to get somewhere under Kevin Walters. Um, I think Tessie knew has been a real highlight. Uh, he's, he's had another solid game here against the Sharks and, um, you know, some really – Scored a nice try, some good touches. Um, in the end, I, I think the Sharks. Uh, Will Kennedy had a, had a, another solid game. He's been their standout this year, I feel. Um, and Matt Moylan probably turned back the clock a little bit out of vintage running game, and um, those hamstrings is a little bit of life left in him yet. 
I think Sharks are going to have to because he's going to be playing a fair bit of first grade next year if he can stay on the park. So um, I think Sharks played with a bit of desperation and um, had a bit more to play for than the Broncos, and that's ultimately what told in the end. Yep, exactly. And they put themselves, you know, they, they put themselves in a position where, you know, they say what do they say is you know if you're, you know, near enough or they're good enough. Mm. Uh, you know, big ask for them. Front up against the storm in the in the last round, of course, in a game yeah. which is ultimately you know must win for them. Yeah, depending yeah. upon other resu- other results, but um, it's a tough one. But they you know, they're playing to the last round. I will say Trindle is just now starting to get a few raps. Um, yeah. he that kid can play. I rate him. Yeah, I don't know if he is like the 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 full time solution, or you know maybe more like a sub. But but he's 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 def- definitely getting better. I mean he ha- he's had mm. he's had good touches every game he's played. But yeah. now he's just getting you know more sort of yeah, total you know game quality out of him. I'm not, I'm still not sure what his first pick position would be. Yeah, I, you know you watch him do. You know some touches he's like he's definitely a half, and then other times you're like he's he's, he's a bit wider and. He's got that yep. powerful running, so you know you, yep. you probably wouldn't mind him as a ball playing sort of lock. Yeah. But and then you know with his skill and um, and his effort to come off the bench with tied forwards, you know he'd probably make a fantastic fourteen as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He might he might be the the next incarnation of the of, of Tyrone Peachy. Never oh. really knowing where his fucking position is. Wow. <laughs> Never settling anywhere. Well, yeah, I don't mean to insult him. the guy. I just yeah, maybe he'll do it successfully. Maybe that's it. Um, is the modern game, you know, where people are carrying backs on the bench all the time? Are we are we craving a super sub, like a genuine multi-position superstar? Is that the next opportunity for a player? I think as the game is evolving, certainly with. The six agains and stuff, and and they mentioned in commentary um, the other night, in that you know, if the game continues in this trajectory, the the body shape of you know, of players from one to seventeen is going to get a lot more similar than what it is, yeah, currently. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. these guys are going to have to be pure athletes to perform at that level for, for 80 minutes or, or for large minutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But then just that – and that's because we've spoken about this before. Does that mean that the pendulum ever gets to swing fully that way though? Because say as, as forward packs get more mobile and, and therefore smaller, do you then just get a pain Haas come through? Mm-hmm. Who starts running through them and, and just brute strengthening them, and then, and then all of a sudden, before the pendulum can get to that, you know, all the way, everyone's every, like, everyone's well, an athlete. We, we, we need more size to fucking that, handle yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, yeah. um, not to mention socials. administrations in place that change the fucking rules at the drop of a hat. So, who knows <laughs> what the, what the requirements yeah, and optimal body shape is going to be next year? I'll tell you the optimal body shape giant fucking chin. That's the optimal body shape. Was it yesterday, though? Seemed to cause some drop balls from what I saw, but um, yeah, sorry, go to socials. Jai. Said, I fucking blame Robbo for this shit. If Perinara was still in the bunker, neither of those sin bins would have been given. (laughs) Winston, 
said this is the cripple fight to end all cripple fights. Greg said watching the Sharks play for 20 minutes with an extra man and still getting stripped for numbers on both sides of the field. <laughs> Must be taking defensive lessons from Noffa. Fuck me sideways with a telegraph pole. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we'll give Toto the last word on this one. Long-suffering Broncos fan. Says, son, how many games did the Broncos win this year, dad? Me. Six. Son. Huh. That's pretty good. This is my life now. <laughs> He's getting pity compliments from his kid. <laughs> the uh, Parramatta Eels, 22, defeated the Melbourne Storm, 10 at Suncorp Stadium. The uh, Eels, 22, came through a double to Blake Ferguson. Uh, Dunster and Lussick also with tries. Moses, two conversions and a penalty goal. The Storm tries to uh, Remus Smith and uh, Lume Lume. Nico Hines, one conversion. Was a uh, an above average performance from the Eels. And Honestly, for what the Eels can probably put on the field, and in terms of performance, mm. this was close to this is cl- about as close as to the ten out of ten that they get. Mm. And they were and aided that, and embedded by their opponents, though. That, yeah, well, yeah what, absolutely. But I mean, I want to well, make yeah. sure that we do give credit. I mean, they played the game of this, their season, mm. potentially yeah, I, their grand final I, in this game. I mean. They wholeheartedly agree. They weren't flawless, but they're were, they were about as good as that we've seen this this squad play. Yeah, and and even though with with some pretty crucial mistakes at pretty crucial times from important players like Moses, like the and he does have it in his game. The whole look up when he's got plenty of space around him, and he can, mm. you know he's he's trying to trying to run numbers on yep. what he does, and and ends up knocking on, but. Um, the, the thing with Parramatta, and I've said it all year, they are just, they're an above average group of players in total. And they all need to click in the same way on the same day. You know, they don't have the Tommy Turbo that's going to pull them out of shit if they get into trouble. They think they do. They call him King Gutho. Well, I don't even but... think they think they do because did you see the Instagram post? Where apparently he's made them all wear T-shirts with him on it. Yeah, for that the was, captain's run. Jesus, like, like that was fu- so fucking poor, though. I hope that that's not true. Hey, I really <laughs> hope that's a G up. Yeah, because that. If you were, if you had to say that you think it's a G up, or it's definitely something he would do, I would, I would be on the side of it's definitely something he would do. Yeah, wow, it's absolutely terrible. Um, the. The Storm looked rattled by the Eels, and they looked rattled because the Eels weren't were obviously not going to roll over. Yeah. And the Eels' mistakes and fuck-ups didn't seem to bother them. I think the Storm are used to teams going into their shell a bit. When, yeah, and, 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 and the thing and, in this one, the Eels, just frankly, they just fucking dominated them through the forwards as well. Yeah, that's In it. a way that the Storm haven't been you know, handled probably yeah. you know, in recent history. They yeah, did 100%. not fucking enjoy it one little they bit. They hated it, yeah. And and, and they, they didn't cope with it and they didn't adapt. They, no. they almost rely on being a self-fulfilling prophecy, as mm. in as in they get in, um, you know, teams know they're coming up against the best and a couple of tries in, you, you can tell that the confidence goes out of a lot of teams, errors come in and then the storm go through. So um, I think it was a, a good 80-minute performance from Parramatta as we've seen from them all year. 
And I think Nick, I think it's Nico Hines and, and, and Pappenhausen thing is far from resolved. And in fact, with uh, Pappenhausen as the, the full-time fullback, I think it, in terms of their attack, I think it disjointed the shit out of them. Yeah. And uh, and that's you know a couple of weeks now they haven't they haven't played they probably haven't played they haven't been themselves since the the week after they played Manly I think that's probably what three to four games in a row now where they've been they've got away with the wins until this time yeah but which, which if you been. remember that's almost how Penrith ended the season last year hmm. do you remember they had like they, they were amazing until just after Origin yeah and then they started a massive fucking downshift when they. Like they played a game against the Broncos that they would have lost against any other team. It was just, unfortunately for them, it was 2020 Broncos. But with Pappy, what did you think? Do you remember that, the hit? There was a a movement they had out to the right and he was hit. He he, he wasn't hit late, but he was sort of hit as he was passing. Yeah, he kind of, he sort of stayed down a little bit. And he's... He he copped some heavy fucking shots, and now you know. I yeah, guess he because, did. And because you know we're all mindful of it because he spent so much time on the sidelines with the, uh, con, you know, concussion last time, yeah, you know, earlier in the season, and then right through till just very recently. Like he takes some fucking he took some shots in this game too. Yeah. And, and the, I don't want to say at all that he's on. faking anything, but but it was fucking scary to watch. Like he sort of realized where he was hit, and it was in the back of his jaw. Yeah, and. And he's just sort of taken a second, grabbed at it, and then just sort of slumped to the ground. Yeah. And it it didn't look like he was milking, but it, it looked like he was genuinely concerned about, you know, fuck what's just happened. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, though, like just, just, just the sheer will to win that the Storm have, though. And you see when, like, when they made that bus with Nico Hines and then he got clubbed and he was sort of... He was down and he would have stayed down until they stopped play to get looked at. But Pappy's yeah. just come into fucking dummy half and grabbed him by the collar and the and the back of his jersey, pulled him up to his feet to make him play the ball. And then he's just you know, throwing his dead body on the ground again after the ball's come out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, not, ex- not exactly the, the best. Yeah, in this, in this uh, concussion and HIA era of the game, it's <laughs> no. not the best look. But, I mean, it, it did speak just to the, the desire to get the, the quick play the ball. Because they were down and they needed it, you know, to come back. Yeah, um, I think you know, as good as this performance from Parramatta was, uh, I think what really counts for them is what they do this this coming weekend and next. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's all well and good to put a performance together against you know, arguably the best team in the comp for you know a couple of weeks out from the finals, but. Mm. If it's a flash in the pan, then it means fuck all, you know. But if yeah. it, if it's genuinely para turning the corner and and you know putting themselves out there as a genuine threat, yeah, that's it. And yeah, it, it's it's hard to to take an angle here to say that oh, it's a bad thing to beat the favourites. Yeah. But, no, no. But the thing with Parramatta is, unless they back that performance up this week, and it's it's the second hardest game they're going to play. You know, what what a finish to the to the competition for them. Mm. But but unless they back that up, they're almost doing themselves a disservice. As in, the momentum won't continue. If, if they were playing this week, the Sharks or the Knights or, or someone like that, or even the Roosters, an in, injury-ravaged Roosters, that's a genuine opportunity to really carry that momentum into the finals and to go on with it. But they need to be just as flawless this week as they were last week. Mm. And the thing with the storm is, I mean, this is a this is you know like a a kick in the ass for the storm 
at the right time of the season to get yes. a bit of a wake-up call too. I mean, if there was any any thoughts of drifting into complacency within that squad at all, you know, now they've had, like, they, they, they were thoroughly fucking handled in a game where they certainly weren't at their best, but there was, yeah. the th- what what the Eels presented to them, there was nothing they could fucking do about it on the night. Correct. Like, they were, com- they were comprehensively beaten. Yeah. And um, and so you know, could yeah, you know, in retrospect, it could it could wind up being you know one of the you know the most timely wake up calls for them as well. You know, if they're looking to get through and uh, you know win a grand final again. Sure, agreed. Anything else you want to say on that? No, I hit the social. Stephen said Brad Arthur with the ultimate long game plan suck for a month before facing the storm. Then boom, <laughs> Super Grover said you all think this loss actually means stuff. In fact, thank you, Para, for the spark. Dumbass club thought it was a good idea to beat us. Um, I would Shut suggest up, it does mean something because you posted that at, I reckon, about 3 a.m. And there's <laughs> a new feature on Facebook where I can actually see digitally the fucking tears that dropped on your keyboard as you shame cried it, a la fucking Corey Horsburgh writing a sternly worded letter <laughs> to people he doesn't like. You were fucking beaten by Parramatta. Shame. Exactly. Um, uh, Mitch, who is a member of the uh, ever-expanding group of Mitch I, says, as a Sharks fan, I think I speak for all of us when I say Shit. <laughs> Liam said it was interesting first time I've watched the Eels live sat behind the goalpost and despite Gutho being captain it appeared to be more Mitchell Moses who was the leader of the team duh RCG was ball boy and looked in good condition when is he back Um, obviously Moses is the leader of that team yep Gutho walks around taking the big room in hotels and uh, making people wear t-shirts with his face on it that kicking the players that can that, that have the ability to impregnate a female into you know smaller rooms yeah um, calling people you know offensive names and then you know, dropping balls himself throwing horrible mm-hmm. dummy half passes uh, Claire said always good to see the storm beaten but I still can't help but feel like that was Paris grand final indeed on the is. next one yep mighty manly seagulls 36. Defeat the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 18, uh, thus notching up the 100 plus points against Trent this season. Uh, Manly had a hat trick to Tommy Turbo, a double to Jason Saab, and another try scored through Hamali Olakowatu. Garrick, five conversions and a penalty goal. Doggies, 18, tries to Dory Ockenbore and uh, Jackson Topine, three conversions from three attempts for Kyle Flanagan. Hmm. Beautiful day in the neighbourhood to watch a game of footy, and uh, Manly decided to put on one of the most laziest and disinterested kind of uh, performances of their season. And again, like the Storm, you know, the right time of the season to do it, provided you get the two points, especially when you needed them. I mean, arguably, you know, we, you know, maybe we didn't need them, but I, I would personally prefer to be in the top four than not. Um, the doggies are. And I was talking to Glennie about this at the game. They're actually, if you want to have an opposed training session f- for a lead up into finals to work on some aspects of your game, 
having a team against you that's going to complete 100% of their sets pretty much is, actually, is not the worst thing. I mean, they're kind of fired up a little bit, um, led by the absolute loose unit, Hetherington, who found himself on report. What was it? Five minutes in, five and a half minutes yeah, into the game. Less than five minutes report. In. Yeah, it was, uh, so, so he was, it, was, it was a hot day out there in the sun and, and he, he came out fucking red hot and, um, and proceeded to, you know, I wasn't until afterwards I was looking on social media and people are sort of saying through the game, like in the second half, like fucking get get Tommy Turbo off the field because Hetherington's fucking like, he looks like he's set the blow from the stands. I mean, it wasn't that wasn't as, as readily apparent to to us, but um, whenever yeah, there was I mean, fuckery, though, he wasn't far away from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there a couple of incidents in this game, like with uh, with with uh, Josh uh, Aloye. Um, kicking out, you know, trying to get up to, you know, for a quick play of the ball while Hetherington was holding him down. And uh, I think it was uh, Jackson that was down around the down around his legs. You know, probably not worth a sim being. I mean, you know, if he's had to be fucking, you know, unless he's daredevil and knew exactly, and, you know, had, could like sonar, had sonar to pick up exactly where fucking Jackson was. He wasn't aiming at him. He was just fucking doing the thing that players do every time, bucking oh, like a Bronco, trying to get up for a quick nah, play of the ball. I, I reckon on replay. And, um, if you watch that, you can see like he he's on his back. He looks up and he can see exactly. Yeah, where he, he had he had he had a fucking cross body press from fucking Hetherington on front of him. Though. he couldn't see where he couldn't see over there. I mean, Hetherington was lying on top of his upper body. All he was doing was just trying to do the thing to you know like lever him off to get up and play the ball. Yeah, at, at but the risk despite, of turning this into this week in how the eye works, he fucking but, knew where he was one hundred percent. Yeah, well, he's, he's not he's not daredevil. I like him as a player, but I mean, I don't think he has that fucking blind man sonar. Um, and despite the fact of being tw- down down to twelve men for ten minutes, the doggies couldn't fucking do a thing about it. And despite the fact that Manly bombed at least four tries, maybe five tries. I mean, Saab should have had four. You know, uh, Ruben bombed one. Although, you know, the ball was kicked from his hands, which I believe is against the rules of the game. But you know, Trent didn't appear, you know appear to see that one. Um, still rolled through. Very easy. Very easy win. Uh, and most importantly. No suspensions, no injuries, which is really all you all you want out of these games towards the end. Um, just you know, when you when you're going on to bigger and better things. Um, the big story that came out of this was the Trent. Well, we had we had two Trents in two press conferences this this weekend, and like Trent Robertson made a very passionate, you know, request or plea for referees and particular particularly bunker referees to just fucking do better because that's what their job is you know they're there for a reason and execute on that reason or just fucking don't you know don't just get rid of it whereas the other trent got into press conference and proceeded and proceeded to fucking cry about about a try that was scored as if it cost them the fucking game and um and it's really a difference in the a, a stark difference in the quality coaches where there is no fucking accountability whatsoever in the doggies for mistakes they make or how they play when the first three quarters of every press conference is Trent blaming the referees for something against his poor fucking side that well, cost them, that cost them the game that? and they're flogged. But what are you starting to say? We don't have the talent. Well, yeah, because I mean, that's just, the, that's what it is. They don't have well, the cattle. Yeah, he has to. Yeah. He has to. What he has to do is just is basically what he says in the last twenty five percent of his presses. That should be the theme of his whole thing. You can you can talk up the bravery of the of the, the performance of the side, which it was. I mean, they had some players out. I mean, they had some ructions. You know, you know with yeah, Lachlan Lewis stealing fucking sound bars yeah. and and uh, Elliot fucking 
you know, trying to pork Millie Boyle in the, in the, in the, in the bathroom at the fucking pub or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, look, you know, we've had a, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a fuck week off field. You know, we've had some players have let us down. The boys were brave the way they, you know, the way they marked up in defense. I mean, there were some passages there where their goal line defense was the best that it's been in probably his entire tenure as a coach. But they were let down also in times where like a simple inside ball to an inside ball to Tommy Turbo as well is um you know just oh, it, gone straight was, through almost untouched you know yeah, the, the Mark Nichols tries were the softest of the round up up until Tommy's yeah yeah exactly um, so um but yeah look I'm, or, I'm not sure Trent's press conference needs to be the focus of this game I'm throwing a candle out there for our wonderful Bulldogs listeners. Who's our wonderful Bulldogs that, listeners? That game. You said plural. Two. There's more than one. <laughs> <laughs> Aussie um, Jags a good bloke. Who else? I can't, I can't, for the life of me, can't think of any other Bulldogs that, fans. <laughs> that game should give you enough to go on. And and I'm not saying it was perfect by any means, but but the the first third of that game should give you some hope for next year with the cattle you're adding. Um, that that free-for-all, that that attack can come from anywhere. You know, players were kicking out of the centres or, or second row position. It, it was a, a very, very good way to start against Manly. Um, Canterbury-Bankstown are in no way even a 60-minute team at the moment. Um, but But for them to score in the manner that they did, creating for themselves... There's your positives to take out of it, doggies fans. Anything else you want to say on that one? I think Meany uh, for the spoon. Bulldogs is. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Glenny. <laughs> sorry, Glenny, th- have you say, mate? I think Meany for the Bulldogs, um, for me, and watching the game live, he's a guy that genuinely, I, I think he's got a, a higher level of skill than most of his teammates, but he's also backs it up with effort and he, and he genuinely wants to be involved and wants to try and influence the result. And I think next season with the cattle that are coming into the side, I think he's going to be the guy to be most fucked by the new recruits. Yeah. To be, when, when as, he as he watches the them from storm. reserve. Oh, he's going to the storm. Sorry, I wasn't aware. <laughs> he's going to be watching them on TV saying, thank fuck I got out of there. Look at me. Yeah. I got a chance to win the club. <laughs> Yeah, fair call. Well, you can definitely you can definitely see, and that's like I must admit, I don't pay a lot of fucking attention to the Bulldogs, as you can tell. Um, but watching that game live, um, yeah, that that guy he brings effort, and you can see, obviously Bellamy, um, you know, he's obviously identified they can do something with him. Fuck, I really need to keep up with the Bulldogs. Fucking, I paid more attention to who they'd signed rather than who they'd fucked off. Terry. In the Facebook group, it said typical coward play from Manly, waiting until the player's back is turned before attacking him after a deliberate kick to the head. Michael says, Crying. "How does the bunker award a turbo try then sin bin alawi?" Robbo was right. Get rid of the bunker; it's a joke. Daniel said, "Good luck in the finals, you maroon flogs. No hair pull <laughs> penalties to save you there." Actually, I, I thought that one was very fucking ordinary. Why the fuck would you even give a penalty for that, to be honest? Like, yeah. Especially when the hair, you know, it, it lies exactly and flush with the fucking jersey. Yeah, yeah. By, by design of the hairstyle. Yeah. 
you know. I mean, like, you know, perhaps he should have, you know, the, he sort of went on with it a little bit and maybe that was his problem. Maybe he should have, like, gone, oh, fuck, I've got a handful of hair release. Whereas he sort of, like, there was, like, that shithousery level, like, I've got the hair, now I'm going to fucking, you know, see if I, I can take I, home I, a fucking dready for my I, collection. Again, that, that one I, I saw on the slow-mo, it, it was almost instant. Like, if you, if you think of how quickly you could realise something and then try and let go, like, he, was, he wasn't pulling his arm back, yanking the hair, the hand was gone. So... Um, yeah, not not the biggest issue to face the the coat, but <laughs> no, no, exactly. I mean, it may be the only time in the history of the game that unless something happens to fucking Ockenbore, because I mean he's got a much larger fucking target. Fucking the, cabbage, cabbage patch doll. Yeah, oh, my daughter fucking... was calling him Rapunzel. <laughs> big matted, for, yeah. Just touch Ockenbore's hair, I reckon you get hepatitis. Yeah, it's, it's, how the it's, fuck it's, do you keep that clean? It's disgusting. His his hair his hair is basically the. It's like the fucking representation or homage to the fucking discography of Counting Crows and their fan base collectively. <laughs> now, before Fuck anyone it. gets all up in arms and says that, you know, dreadlocks are, are a cultural hairstyle and they're not unclean, he doesn't have dreadlocks. He has dreadlock. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of dreadlocks, but shitlocks. And I'm also <laughs> not making a comment on dreadlocks themselves because I know many wondrous people that have had dreadlocks are impeccably clean individuals. In fact, someone who who guest hosted the show on one and maybe two occasions used to rock dreadlocks. My fucking mate Canadian Doug, back in the early days, within the first ten or fifteen episodes, while Glenn was over on Kokoda, he nice. uh, he he he. When I met him, he was uh, he, uh, I, I met him through he answered like a, a one ad for a bass player for band, and that's how I met him in the sort of late nineties, mid to late nineties, and. Um, and he at the time was big into corn, and so he was like, "Fuck!" I was going to say it was it was going to be either Jonathan Davies, yeah, or the fucking sellout from Rage Against the Machine. No, because he no, he's he's dreadlock, he's dread like he had long blonde dreadlocks like down to his like ass almost, so fucking huge. The guy and from Friends of Rom doesn't get a run, Jay. Yeah. Okay. No. Fuck the no, guy. Fuck the guy. And also, um, and the last thing I'd say about this game is, doggies fans, uh, look up the NRL rule book and uh, and and see what constitutes a knock on before you go off. You dumb fucking ignorant cunts. Um, Where? I just want to say because yeah, because because it has to fucking hit the opposition player or the ground to be a knock on. Players can fucking literally lie on their back and roll the ball from one hand to the other and then put it down, and it's not a knock on. Educate yourself, bitches. Uh, Do your research. Yeah, but the way it's been adjudicated this year, there have been many tries disallowed with the exact phrase, has lost control and not re-gripped. Yeah, but he did. He re-gripped it between his hand and his body and just said bonk. No, 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 no. Again, re-gripped. So with the hand? Yeah. Re-gripped. No, only two hands. Yeah, one hand. He had it tucked under one arm. So... Look, you know, Sorry, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going. I'm not going to convince, you know, dreadlocked fuckheads to take the vaccine, and I feel like I'm having the same conversation here. <laughs> um, and finally, you're, you're, you're Jason, refusing. You're refusing to fucking take the truth vaccine. You fucking truck driving cunt. <laughs> oh, now you're besmirching the wonderful people that keep our country connected during times of pandemic, when air freight is unavailable. No, not all of them. Just the one, just the ones who are striking on on the, on the front of taking vaccinations. The ones who are actually striking uh, for Fox, who are after a new collective bargaining agreement, go hard, boys. Get your entitlements, and I hope you get every fucking cent. 
That's it. The ones who are fucking holding up traffic for fucking not taking the vaccine, though. Harden up, you weak cunts. <laughs> DM me for my address. I'll fucking have you. <laughs> That's it. Do your fucking part for the nation. Yeah. If you cunts have the vaccine and you're out in the outback, it increases 5G coverage for everybody. Hurry exactly. Telstra might, Telstra might even kick you a little bonus for upping their network coverage from 99.4 oh. to 100. Uh, <laughs> finally, the final game. Beautiful, sunny Morton Daly Stadium at Redcliffe. Um, the Panthers 30 defeat the Tigers 16. Uh, Panthers 30 tries to uh, Moses Leota, uh, Tavita Pangai Jr., Luai, Kikau, and Toto. Cleary, five conversions. Tigers 16 tries to Stefano Simkin and Ken Malmalo with Luke Brooks, two conversions. Who wants to go first, or shall I go first as a neutral party? I don't mind either way, boys. How do you want to play it? Oh, I'm a gentleman. Go for there it, you go, Jay. Go, Glenny. Oh, look from a from a Tigers perspective, certainly wasn't ashamed of the effort or the result for that matter. Um, I will admit, I went there expecting, and I was fucking had it fed to me by my son in the entire trip down. Um, that. Uh, I may as well have been going to a funeral um, and that we were going to have possibly 60 to 70 points scored <laughs> against us. Um, it's pretty obvious there's a, a, a class disparity between these two clubs, which is, is fairly obvious. Um, but are you suggesting that it was obvious that one of them trains in demountables? <laughs> Well, it is obvious now. Mate, you've, got to get, you've got to get to the second soon half. Soon to of be that award, the soon to be award winning. Fucking you've got to get document, to that second. You've got to get to the second half of your statement, Glenn. There's a class disparity, but there was no such disparity in heart. The little tig pies that could they found they found their well they might not have found they their found, why but they they might not have found their why but they found that they found their, their why not their Nathan win. they found their why not. <laughs> But look, I can look at that performance as a Tigers fan and thank the good Lord Tommy Radonikus that Dylan Edwards is not on our fucking team because that cunt is possibly the biggest liability and the greatest risk to the Panthers' premiership credentials there is ever going to be. My humble opinion. It was, interesting seeing, it was interesting seeing like Dylan Edwards was so shaky in the game that it became blatantly apparent that any time there was going to be a kick coming to him, Crichton would do his best to get there before he could get there and try and take it off him. Sometimes only you know being like two meters in front of him at the time when the ball save me critter, <laughs> save me critter. <laughs> Look, I will say it makes you wonder. Given that we've probably had half a dozen games this season that you would class as big games or milestone games or you know, our season on the line and on zero out of six of those occasions did we put in that type of effort in the game, certainly defensively. Uh, you know, that's a head-scratcher for me because um, we'd only need two or three of those games to put that effort in and... and two more and you'll be playing finals this weekend. E- e- yeah. Exactly right. So, um, Noffa, again... Watching it, watch, but watching it live, <laughs> still watching it live, and you know Toto is quick. You know that the ball is going to come his way. You know that he fucking has the ability to break a tackle anyway. So if you're not also, in front of watching, him with your shoulder, you're watching the evidence on the field that Toto. <laughs> 
lives his life two meters from the sideline waiting for Correct. the pass. Noffa lives his life 15 meters inside. So just, <laughs> inside you're that. Play the, yeah. You're watching Penrith get across like, you know, th- sort of 40, 30 meters out from the try line. And you're like, Noffa. Noffa. <laughs> genuinely, like- the ball goes to Toto and I oh, will shit you not. Noffa genuinely looks shocked. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He's got the ball again. But there's, what big, do there's, I do there's, there's, a, there's a but though, Glennie. On this day, on this, on this day, day, there was about five try scoring opportunities where we were absolutely certain that the Panthers were going to score, and somehow, yeah. somehow, <laughs> literally, somehow, how many times did I say, "How how has he not scored? How has he not scored?" There? It was, it was um, unbelievable cover defense. I mean, of course, he didn't have to do cover defense. He could have just numbered up and gone straight on. He could have. We could have just settled that defense. defense. He could have yeah. just been defense, but in the end, it was cover defense. It didn't have to be, but it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Tigers have gone Hollywood. The, the standard just stopped the try plays. It's good enough for them anymore. They, they need the highlight reel. Every oh, oh. Um, now, in contrast, uh, I'm, I'm glad Glenn wasn't ashamed of the effort. Uh, on behalf of Glenn, I was ashamed of the Tigers' effort <laughs> because they're an absolute fucking dumpster fire of an organisation and deserve all of the misery they get. Uh, it's cute that they played their grand final against us. Uh, it, it makes me think uh, of that, I don't know if you've seen it, Glenn, the, the meme from the TV show Mad Men, where there's some snippy little kid trying to give the, the main character, Don Draper, you know, a, a bit of fucking humbling and says, uh, you know, your life's sad, you know, you put on all this, this chutzpah outside, but uh, I actually feel bad for you. Mate, I don't know what Mad Men is, so you, your fucking analogy is completely lost on me, um, much as the, the point of having Dylan the Edwards. The retort of the character in question. <laughs> no, because I don't care. So he finishes and says, uh, I don't think about you at all. And, and that's exactly how this game was. All week, Tigers fans thought of nothing but the Panthers, uh, whereas the Panthers actually don't care about the Tigers at all. They're a blip on the radar. Um, our CEO came out and said it and said the only certainty in rugby league is that Penrith would win. Uh, they went out and did that. Not- Cleary with some incredibly poor touches. Yeah, he was a little bit off. Um, Worst game I've ever seen him play. And it you got to remember he, he's three games in from a, a potentially very serious injury and was was getting himself back into form in a in a couple of different ways, obviously fitness, but but also in touch. And I don't think you can underestimate the difference that playing at a ground like Redcliffe has. You know, when you're used to playing your entire fucking season pretty much at Suncorp, where Breeze isn't a factor. Because of the way that Suncorp's constructed, yeah. you, you don't get things like those howling fucking gales that you got that affect the ball like yeah. it does. It proper and- fucked the Tigers a few times as well with his kicks, but also um, Jock Madden, a couple of the spiral bombs he put up. Um, and as we spoke before, there was that certain patch on the a patch of about fifteen meter radius where they were putting the ball, and and with the the sun going down and the and the way the wind was coming through, it was, it was 
it's fucking hard to handle. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, fucking that, that's the thing with the game. Both teams play on the same field. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, one, one of them gets to, to play half at Suncorp, but use whatever you've got to your advantage. Um, I was happy to see Pangai's efforts. Yeah, I was just going to ask you what you thought of him. Yeah, that was, what, yeah. What I need from him is nothing but effort and no decision-making. You know, I I need him to, to put those plays in. You know how you see him like when like a, a, a kick goes in and the, the two backs that you expect to go up for the ball go up for it and there's a ricochet and all of a sudden it lands in the forward's hand mm. and you only score the try because the forward's in there. Has no right to be. He's not going to fucking out-jump anyone for this ball. Yeah. I need to see Pangai doing that shit. You know, I need to see him taking the hard carries and those short-range barge-overs are, are exactly what he's good at. I think the benefit of him also is he's raising the bar for people like Kikau. You know, Kikau's always been, you know, let, let's be, let's keep it a buck. He, he, he's a flat track bully in terms of his entire fucking game has been made around him running over small number sevens. Mm. And for him to see... He was damaging yesterday though. Exactly. And, and I think Pangai coming into the side has taken him up a gear as well. Um, Dylan Edwards is, is an unfortunate reality of the salary cap. You know, there's, there's a team of, of representative players in so many different positions, not only state of origin, but also internationals. Um, you, you can't have everything. You know, Penrith would be undefeated for five seasons in a row if Dylan Edwards just went out at the start of every game and just punched some cunt in the face and got himself sent off every game. We would be better <laughs> with a man down and no Dylan Edwards all game. Wow, I've never heard you say a negative word about frank, Dylan Edwards. Frank, frank discussion right previously. now. Um, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> what I will say Dylan, is that you can tell if you keep kicking to him, he's got one or two of those in his game. Yep. And, yeah, and you call and, and Glenn was Glenn was calling them before they happened, and they're just like they were just right on cue. It was happening. And the the, the one that he dropped. The bad I would, one, yeah. I, I would back most fullbacks. To, that was yeah, fucking. That that was bullshit. But yeah, and like the, with the injuries the Tigers had in this game, I mean, like if they had if they had Dewey in the side, I think if they had if they had Laurie to basically just give them something, mm. just something more in attack. They defended pretty well, but that that's all they had, and they had no attack to put much pressure on Panthers mm. at, at any real stage of the game. Mm. But if they in the conditions as as as, as they were, if they had Dewey. Throwing up the kick. I mean, the one of the things that he has going for him is that he can throw up the spiral bomb that's difficult to yeah, handle for fullbacks. Yeah. If they had him in the side and maybe and maybe Laurie just to give them a, a just an option when they're when they're attacking, I mean, mm. the game would have been a lot, like a, a lot closer the way that the Tigers actually competed. Yeah, that's you know, it. They, they hung with them pretty well, I thought. And and it's like it's so. like rain. You know, look at when Parramatta beat Melbourne earlier in the season. Mm. Rain's the great fucking equaliser, mm. and a ground with no coverage on three sides, barely any on the fourth, and a howling fucking ocean breeze does a pretty good job of fucking, you know, Dylan <laughs> Edwards wakes up in cold sweats thinking about those games. The, yeah. the thing yeah. is, is that Penrith is that good, and I, and I think that they have little, little, few to no weaknesses in, in large part, right? Mm. That is their biggest glaring weakness, and I feel like... Guys, you know, coaches like Bellamy, Bennett, and players like Munster, Reynolds will see that crack and do everything they can to try and leverage that 
into it's their a, here's the thing, professional though, for, advantage. For all of your, for all of the Storms, strong points. I don't think they have that in their repertoire. I think the only thing they have over Edwards there is volume. I mm. don't think they have that Dewey-esque or Cleary-esque degree of difficulty. Mm. So I, I think as a matchup, Reynolds, though, the Storm are okay for us. Um, again, Reynolds has precision and accuracy. I'm not sure he has that added degree of difficulty. I disagree with Reynolds. What about Cherry Evans? Yeah, and the thing is, it's not just the, it's not just the difficulty in taking the kick. It's really putting up the kicks that are high enough that allow the chases to come down and give Dylan Edwards some, you know, a rumbling, you know, the, so if you hear the ground rumbling and, mm. and, you know, and feel the It's, feel it's the, not just, the it's not just the way, high you know? kicks though. It's, oh, no, it's he'll, he'll, Dylan he'll drop them with no pressure. It's, it's Dylan he'll Edwards under no pressure. pressure. That's yeah. the thing. That, no, that's, no, no, that's, no, that's what I'm saying. He, he will drop them with no one around. <laughs> the, the amount of spills he's had mm. where it's just, it's, it's him and a fucking sound of sweet nothing yeah, and, <laughs> and he'll drop a card. Mm. Um, yeah, but you know, this is the other thing. I'm I'm a little disappointed in the in the points they let in, just by the fact that Dylan being a, a little bit of liability under the high ball hasn't been that much to worry about because they were the team for a bulk part of the season that well we're yeah, fine. Take three sets at us, fucking camp, camp on our try line. We will turn you away and turn you away and turn you away and not break a sweat doing it. And then we'll just do the same thing to you and see how you like it. You know? And and that hasn't been there for a little while. Mm. So I really want to see a better defensive effort from them next week. Fair. Anything just else socials. to say? No, no I'm done. Socials. Oh, I was too busy slagging Dill. I haven't loaded. Timmy McIntyre said the origin winger is exposing the self-entitled origin winger. <laughs> Simon said Noffa saving two tries on his wing. Unheard of. Mitch said is Redcliffe the new Bermuda Triangle? Some weird shit happening today in both games. When has Noffa learned how to tackle? Yeah. <laughs> Liam said I feel like Dylan Edwards would be known as a handbrake in the attack in a lesser side. Half chances seem to die with him. Legit interested in my thoughts on this. Uh, I think you have them. I think the other thing that helps him keep his spot is that Penrith's attack doesn't rely on that, you know, fullback sweeping around, throwing, throwing the last pass. But I feel like that is the one good part of his game as well. Maybe not, maybe not throwing the last pass, but receiving the last pass on a play. I, I think the best part of his game, and it's underutilized just because it's not Penrith's natural style, is that Tedesco style sniffing around the middle, sniff around the middle, wait for an offload from Yo or Martin. Um, because he he's one of those weird ones, like not to Munster levels, but he's deceptively strong. And if he can get half through the line, he's a good shot to bust him open. Hmm. You know, and and it's that thing that always fucking surprises me when I see him do it. I'm like, yeah, fucking, no, how how'd you do that? I don't understand how the physics works of how you actually push that person off and kept your leg drive going long enough to get through the line there. Um, I I think that's his his best addition to the attack, uh, but it, it's not how Penrith seem to play. Uh, depressed Tigers fan on Twitter. 
said, were my eyes deceiving me or did I see Noffa actually defending well today? No, you didn't. Those in attendance um, were also sh- shocked and stunned, sir. What, what you saw was him making a couple of tackles, but in no way, shape or form changing the way he defends, which is, as always, poor. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> On that note, that is full time for episode 429. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in many, many ways. Go to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links and uh, you'll get all the links to our social media communities and uh, everything else. And, of course, our Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, make sure you uh, join up as a patron at patreon.com forward slash twillnation. Drop us through a rating review on Apple Podcasts. Just tell a friend, all of which is awesome. Um, That's pretty much all we've got time for for this episode. Fuck me, we we went. This was a long episode. It was. Yeah, sometimes you you just can't tell how they're going to be. But, I'll um, tell you what, our Patreon members can look forward this week to a live show companion of the final episode of Tiger Town. Yep. We will Game be talking companion. through the episode live, first time we've ever seen it. Yep. Did, so, last time we did the Game Companion, I actually watched it at 7.30, when, and, but then we recorded and then we sort of did the thing you know, a couple of days later. Being this, that we know now that it's a series finale, um, yeah, I saved it. And we'll We're be fresh. Uh, we'll be yeah. We'll be uh, dropping that one on you guys uh, very shortly. Uh, in addition to everything else, so um, anything else you want to add before we put the pin in this one, fellas? No, I'm keen no. to get onto Tiger Town. Me too. <laughs> Me <laughs> too. Fucking liar. Will it? Will it be as? Will it be as enjoyable as the, as the series finale of Dexter? That is the question. But will they leave us just with a fucking cut to black and we won't know where the magic gets fucking shot or not? <laughs> right. Don't stop. I was, I was hoping you'd start. I was hoping you'd go on a journey. <laughs> Excellent. Look, given the Tigers played the Panthers, I was going to suggest the theme song for this episode be the uh, classic song, uh, Can I Put My Balls in Your Jaw? Which uh, is what I did to Glenn on the weekend. Did so, you really? Yeah. I don't remember yes. it. You That's must have it. used the same chloroform you used on all your fucking partners. <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. See ya. Later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.